RV Miles is sponsored by L.L. Bean. L.L. Bean is a proud partner of the National Park Foundation. L.L. Bean and the National Park Foundation share a belief that every community should have the opportunity and resources to experience the joy of the outdoors together. Through this partnership, they're not only helping people find their parks, they're helping protect, restore, and improve parks across the U.S. If it's outside, L.L. Bean is all in. Be an outsider with L.L. Bean. This week, grills, instant pots, blackstones, air fryers, what camp cooking gadgets do you really need? We've used them all, and we tell you what has stayed in the RV permanently and what we've given up. Was there a worse time in recent memory to open a campground than just before the coronavirus pandemic? We talked to one park about how they're trying to survive by pivoting to help people without another place to go. All that, plus the latest coronavirus travel updates. This is RV Miles. Welcome to episode 139 of RV Miles. I'm Jason. Not on. There's my mic. And I'm Abby. And we are two full-time travelers who, along with our boys, Jack, Ethan, and Henry, crisscross North America on one epic road trip. Each week, we talk all things outdoors, from RV gear to travel destinations to industry news, our national parks, and a whole lot more. <laughs> Do you like that I... Okay, first of all, I'm sorry I had your mic shut off there. I see you. Uh, we're trying We're trying some new things here. Now that we're putting these on YouTube, we've got a whole new workflow going on here. And we're, we're just sort of... <laughs> can I... Can I we're say? always trying something new and no, it's always... No. It, it's always a mistake. No. Do not use W-E. Okay. I'm, I'm always trying something new. Yeah. At now, some point, it's it's sort of like parenting with you. Every <laughs> time I settle in and I get really comfortable with the way things are going, Jason changes it up. Hey, it's now. like parenting. Did you like that I put your, your text back in the copy? You didn't even read it, did you? You did uh, it on your own without no, even looking. No, I did. I started to read it, and then I went off script, and then if you'll notice, I <laughs> fumbled, <laughs> and I think I said RV destinations, and I had to go back, and I had to really quickly find my spot and try to, yeah, you know. I need to stop pretending like <laughs> I can do this without reading. Well, <laughs> we have a great show for you guys this week. It, we are outdoors. It is The wind is picking up a little bit, but we like sort of, you know, the outdoor atmosphere. So we hope you guys don't mind a little bit of wind noise because we think it's good for the video and we think it's good for just sort of the, we like to record while camping. That's the deal, right? We like to be an outsider. (laughs) Hey, speaking of being outsider, I want to give a shout out to L.L. Bean. We've been working with L.L. Bean for over two years now. Almost two years. Almost two years. Just just about two years. On this podcast and on the America's National Parks podcast. And they are right now manufacturing 10,000 masks for healthcare workers every single day. In addition to the work that they're also doing with Maine food banks, they're using their warehouses to and to help package up food to send out to Mainers. So they're really, like so many others in the industry right now, totally stepping up. It makes us very proud to be working with them and to be working alongside a company that cares so much about not only its local community, but the community in the states at large. We are coming to you again from the Verde Ranch RV Resort oh. here in Camp Verde, Arizona. Some now, people might be screaming at their at their so speakers right somebody now. Somebody let us know. We've had we've had two pronunciation issues in in the last few days, right? So mm-hmm. apparently, this area is not called the Verde Valley. It's not called the Green Valley, even though it's spelled V E R D A. V-E-R-D-E, like the Spanish word for green. Yes. And the name is because it's green along the river here. It's the Verde River. Uh, Everybody here calls it Verde, apparently. And we've been saying it wrong. It's the Verde Valley RV Resort. This is Camp Verde, Arizona, and the Verde River. Have we been saying it wrong? This is a th- this is just I'm like so, wh- this is yeah. blanco all over again. Yeah. Blanco gate. I mean blanco. A- I mean blanco. <laughs> blanco, Texas. Almost a which year is ago. named for the White River, <laughs> is apparently 
it, it's not Blanco. It's not Blanco. I can't even do it right. No. It's not Blanco there. Apparently, it's Blanco. Even though here and there were all Mexico at one point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to keep saying Verde because there's no yeah, other way to say that word. I can't. And Blanco is Blanco. I'm not saying Blanco. Um, yeah, I can't. I <laughs> we can't also apparently on last week's podcast. We, we pronounced Mackinac wrong. We pronounced it Mackinac just because we were reading. We know it's yes. Mackinac because we're not we're, we're from not far from there. Yeah, that uh, was that one's on us. <laughs> we have to own that one. I don't know how that got that got past both you and I, I and then in the editing process as well. But it absolutely did. <laughs> Verde and Blanco. I think we can just go ahead and and say yeah. from here on out that anytime we roll into anywhere that's named itself after a Spanish word, <laughs> please know we're not going to do the Americanization of that. Like it's most likely going to be the Spanish pronunciation. I'm not going to say like te- Tejas. Is that how you say Texas, though? No idea. I'll, I'll stick with Texas. No idea. But. <laughs> I, I, here's but the these thing. are colors, all right, people. Blanco is white. Verde is green. Very simple. We, we got a great show for you guys. Um, we're going to start off with some updates in travel issues as it pertains to the coronavirus. And uh, there are a few new ones to talk about this week in mostly pertaining to campgrounds. But let's start with national parks. The Grand Canyon is now officially closed uh, after the the local county begged for it to be closed. Zion National Park is also now closed. Now, Zion is interesting because Zion, I believe, is the first national park that has been shut down uh, by the local government, but by the state government. It was was shut down by the governor of Utah because apparently 70% of the visitors to Zion still were from out of state. And uh, and it was as busy as as ever. So, uh, So they have shut down Zion National Park. Now, virtually every single National Park campground is closed, most of them. Most of the major national parks are closed. State parks continue to be more and more state parks closing. I I believe we're now to over 40 states with state parks closed. But there are some interesting developments when it comes to private campgrounds that we want to talk about right now. Uh, And the first one is with the Thousand Trails organization of campgrounds. Now, if you're not familiar with Thousand Trails, basically what Thousand Trails is, is it's a group of campgrounds. There are lots of them across the country that people pay to have a membership of, and then you can camp for free at them. And you have, uh, it's not free, you pay your membership, and the membership's fairly expensive. Uh, But you get to go, and you get to stay for so many days, depending on your membership, and then you have to be out of the system for a few days, and then you can come back. They have been great about uh, getting rid of that window where you have to leave and then come back, and allowing people to stay in Thousand Trails parks. But Thousand Trails parks across the country, and let me tell you, there are a lot of full-timers in Thousand Trails parks. Obviously, they're getting that benefit of being able to stay at them as free as much as possible. And they're just packed with full-timers. And they are not taking any new reservations uh, for this month, for the month of April. They are allowing people who are in parks for the most part to stay but we are hearing that in some places, once they, people have reached that window, they're allowing them to continue to stay, but they have to pay a nightly rate in order to oh, continue to stay. Now, that's not I true at to, all of them. Yeah. They, they are, again, they're not all owned by Thousand Trails, so there are differences in, in all the different campgrounds. And I'm not sure about all the details, so I don't want to pretend to know all the details. But Yeah, it's a really intricate system, there are, Thousand Trails. There are people that plan to move to a Thousand Trails campground that are not able to right now. Reservations have been canceled. Um, it basically, if you're not already in Thousand Trails Campground right now, you're not getting in one this month. Yeah, I saw a message this morning where someone called uh, the local Thousand Trails here trying to get in, and they told them no. Yeah, so they said we're sorry, we can't help you. That's going to cause a lot of people to be moving around. Unfortunately, um, I expect that's going to move some people here. Uh, I expect that's going to move some people in lots of different places. So. That's a challenge, a new challenge that's, that's happening for uh, for some RVers out there. And this is this is why this type of situation exactly is why we've been t- telling people to get in a private campground, get a monthly rate, book it for as long as you can and stay there because you don't want to get caught in a situation like this. If that was your backup, you know, a lot of people moving from that Arizona BLM land uh, at, and having the thousand trails as their backup 
they're not able to do it right now. So, uh, and that's that that issue is also statewide in some states where campgrounds are not allowed by by the governor's order to allow new stays or to allow short term stays. There's a, there's a story that I want to point you to in that was in RV business this week. This was a uh, this was sort of a um, an op ed piece written by a campground owner at the Walnut Hills RV Park in Staunton, Virginia. Uh, it was actually published in RVTravel.com and reprinted in RV Business, apparently. Excuse me. But we'll link to the, the original article. This is written by Andy Zipser, the owner of the, the park. And I'm not going to read the whole thing, but basically he's saying that the, the governor of Virginia's order, uh, the stay-at-home order, uh, tucked into the middle of it is one sentence that upended their lives. The, the cessation of all reservations for overnight stays of less than 14 nights at all privately owned campgrounds. Um, so that's in the entire state of Virginia. And what he's saying is there, they have been working relentlessly to, to call people to change their reservations. They're begging people to move their reservation to later in the year, or they are giving out a buy one, get one free offer. If they want to come next year and reuse it. Basically they're trying not to give refunds because lots of these campgrounds count on prepayments and deposits as part of their income flow. And they've already, uh, they've already voided more than $20,000 in reservations and they have yet to finish working their way through April. Now, um, this campground owner is really angry about this legislation. And I got to say, I sort of feel like this is a fair compromise to, to allow long-term stays and, and not have people camping. Maybe he, he's talking about a lot of people, though, coming from the south and moving and, and heading back home uh, after being in Florida for the winter and that sort of stuff and saying that they need a place to stay. So I'm wondering if maybe like one night reservations and long-term stays should be allowed and nothing in between. I don't know. But his biggest contention here, though, is that it is directed directly at campgrounds and that hotels are not included. That was so my question. People is, are can hotels included pull their this? RV up into a into a hotel's parking lot, stay at that hotel for the night and uh, and pay the hotel and not this campground. So there mm. there are lots of different ways across the country where the red tape of the government, which is always an issue, it, it's being compressed into all of these short-term decisions and, and lots of places like uh, this park are are feeling the burn from it, I think so to speak. I think this harkens back a little bit to what we talked about last week about sort of this shaming or misunderstanding of the RV community during yeah. all of this and what these campgrounds mean to so many people, but also sort of the idea that campgrounds are disposable commodities that you know, we can close those down. Nobody really needs them. While we've got tattoo parlors open still because they're apparently, and I, you know, the tattoo parlors, I was thinking about this. So we we look at all the different things that are in these orders that are told they can stay open or told they can close. And there's probably, you know, an argument on the side that none of us are ever seeing. For instance, maybe tattoo parlors has something to do with the health of people that got a recent tattoo. And if there's, you know, they're getting an infection on it or something, they need to go back to their tattoo parlor. I can see there are instances of things like yeah. this. And and this is what happens when people are short-sighted and, and don't look at, at all the different things that need to be taken into consideration. Well, what is happening is we're making decisions so quickly without any sort of guidelines or guidance or um, someone saying, "Here's here are the steps that need to be taken. And so we're all just getting thrown out into making the best decisions we can. And I don't ever want to give the impression that someone's nail salon, hair salon, or tattoo parlor is a disposable business. Yeah. That's not at all what I mean or I think what you mean when we talk about the difference between a campground staying open and uh, a nail salon closing. Everything here is not disposable. Everything matters to somebody or multiple people. These are people's jobs. What I'm struggling to understand is why there is such a disconnect or lack of understanding about what RVing means in this country and the number of people doing it. And also just the need. You want us all to go home. You have to give us the option to go home. That's not going to break the bank. Don't make me go spend $120 on a hotel room or go park myself in a Walmart parking lot with 75 of my closest RV friends. Now, frankly, I, I feel like 
that's the that's the issue is that Florida is telling people to leave, and I don't think Florida should be telling people to leave. I think Florida should be telling people to stay, uh, and no new people to come in. And we've got states doing different things and causing different things. So there, hopefully, when this is all over with, we will have a better national response for when something like that like this happens in the future. But um, we we were talking with a campground uh, recently who. God bless them. We're opening <laughs> just before this happened. And, you know, could there be a worse time right now? And than, not than, opening for the season. Right. I mean, opening, 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 opening. Never, brand new campground. So on the phone, we have Ken Barber from Wild Haven Sonoma Resort to talk about the gut punch of opening a park just before all this began and what they're doing to pivot to help. Ken, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jason. Good to be here. So you, uh, you're in the middle of opening a, a resort. What, what has that been like? What, what's the history of the place and, and how have you had to pivot in the middle of this crisis? Yeah, you are exactly right that this is probably the worst time in, in history to uh, try to open up a new business. Uh, so my business partner and I acquired a closed RV park and campground uh, on the Russian River um, here in Healdsburg, which is in Sonoma County. California. And um, we did that three months ago. And the intention was to convert it over to a glamping resort for the summer months, and then to have RVs come in in the winter, more rainy months. Um, So that was the plan. We started renovations. uh, We built out 10 tent platforms, um, set up the tents, bought the furnishings, began the branding, uh, you know, everything from the sign on the road to the uh, the business cards and, and we even hired our first um our first staff member a general manager and then um covid-19 happened uh the world changed and that's when we had to stop and say okay what's what's the next move here and to be honest one of the first challenges was we didn't know what the rules were that even applied to us um like you said Cal- california was the first state to to issue the lockdown and we weren't sure where we fit Did, or were we still allowed to be open what could we do? Um, you know, in the middle of March here, I think is when the California state parks all closed. Mm-hmm. And so the public started saying, Oh, I guess all campgrounds are closed and RV parks are closed. So at that point, yeah, we decided, uh, it was time to, to pivot to, um, uh, all RV parks. So we put our glamping resort on hold we updated the website and said glamping's on hold. No, uh, no recreational visits, uh, stays are allowed because that's what we were hearing from the state. So you're looking for people that are staying long-term to shelter. Yeah. 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 So that was our big pivot. It's okay. Let's offer essential housing to people that are, that are either in Sonoma County or need to come here for essential reasons. Their longer term stays, um, you know, we're trying to help people, first responders, traveling nurses. It could be you know, c- construction workers that are working on important projects, utility projects. could be delivery people or, or people who work at grocery stores that are being called in. So that's what we decided to do, help help out that new community. How successful has it been? Have, have you been able to attract people in the middle? I mean, imagine trying to even advertise and, and all that sort of stuff has been next to impossible. Yeah. Yeah. The advertising part is tricky. We have to be very careful with our wording about what we're looking for. The last thing we want is to, you know, to have the county or the state uh, think that we're doing something that doesn't agree with their policies. So, yeah, we've had to be very careful. Uh, we've updated, like I said, our we have a Craigslist post and we have postings on other sites that we're just looking for. Um, we're offering essential housing and nothing is recreational. But I will say, Jason, that the demand is there. There are lots of people with RVs and trailers that either got caught, they were displaced when this happened and they were maybe traveling through the state. They were heading home. They needed a place to shelter. Um, and then all the first responders that are coming in. Uh, our guests are, we have some families that were displaced by the, the, the current crisis. They, a couple of them just sold their house and they were waiting to get another house and now they can't. Uh, so they've come to stay with us, which is great. We have um, we have a couple traveling nurses that are uh, at nearby Santa Rosa hospitals. We've got some construction workers. We have some students who couldn't afford their rent and now are staying in RVs. So that part feels great. What uh, what kind of 
changes and I mean, you are obviously new, uh, but what kind of operational practices have you had to put in place to help keep people on site safe during this? Yeah, some of it is operational and, and let's say, well, let's say physical to start with. So we've spaced out our RVs every other space. Um, we're fortunate to have a big, uh, a six acre RV park. And like you said at the beginning here, we just opened. So we have a lot of space. So that was the first thing that we did. Um, we are very good at communicating that, you know, all of our guests need to, uh, comply with CDC guidelines for hygiene and social distancing. So we do that before they show up. As soon as they show up, we send everyone a welcome email and remind them. Uh, we've had signs up, you know, at our reception in our bathroom. And then, yeah, operational, we've also said, listen, we do have bathrooms, but we really encourage you to use your own bathrooms and showers given what's going on right now. Obviously, this is this is really challenging for, for a lot of RV parks to figure out. Now, we've been saying on the show over and over for the last few weeks, especially with 30, I think 40 states now shutting down their state parks and most federal parks shut down, that private campgrounds are really getting the one to two million full-time RVers and the countless other snowbirds through this time. And we certainly appreciate the fact that private campgrounds are are out there and, and really doing the work to keep everybody safe. And I, I can't imagine what the challenge must be like for you to, to open uh, during the middle of this. But I'm glad you're getting customers and I hope hopefully yeah. for your success for the future that that uh, we we get through this and. And, you know, I think the outlook on, on camping is very strong. People are saying after this, people are going to be less interested in getting on airplanes. They're going to be, you know, less in, interested in uh, in hotel rooms and that sort of stuff. So hopefully um, that that bodes well for, for our industry and, and uh, your, yeah. your park as well. That's what we are hoping, too, that let's, you know, hoping this is over and just several months and that uh, everyone will be cooped up and ready to go out and, and get connect with nature again. And it's still going to be a recession most likely. So money will be tight and people will want to move to the staycation versus the longer vacation. And in, in the case of us, we're only an hour and 15 minutes North of San Francisco. Hopefully that whole population will want to come up and, and breathe some fresh air and, uh, and just be outdoors again. Well, Ken, I wish you all the luck in the world, and uh, I, I really hope we get through this soon. And thanks for for housing um, all these essential people and people that don't have another place to go. Um, give us uh, give us a quick rundown on where we can find you. Yeah, thank you, Jason, and thanks again for um, for for doing this podcast. It's important for us to get the word out that, like you said, RV parks, the private ones, are are open, and we are an essential place for people to. Uh, um, to, to shelter in place. So yeah, you can learn more from um, our website at wildhavensonoma.com. And you can find out, you know, how to, uh, how to come stay here or just come check us out. We'd love to, uh, we'd love to help out people. And we'll link to that in the show notes as well at rvmiles.com slash 139 for episode 139. Ken Barber, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks a lot, Jason. While we're all staying in one place, now is the perfect time to dream about travel and plan a future road trip because it will happen again. Road Trippers Plus is the perfect way to plan your route and find great stops along the way. A Road Trippers Plus subscription allows you to add up to 150 stops to your epic road trip. Try Road Trippers out for free at roadtrippers.com. A Road Trippers Plus subscription is normally $29.99. However, RV Miles listeners can upgrade from the free version for 20% off with coupon code RVMILES917X. That's 20% off Road Trippers Plus with code RVMILES917X. All one word, and we will link to it in the show notes. It's time for the answer to last week's brain teaser, the sock-based brain teaser, which was apparently about me. Uh, which went like this. 
Mismatched Joe is in a pitch dark room selecting socks from his drawer. He has only six socks, a mixture of black and white. If he chooses two socks, the chances that he draws out a white pair is two thirds. What are the chances that he draws out a black pair? And the answer is zero. He has a zero chance of drawing out a black pair. Since there is a two-thirds chance of drawing out a white pair, then there must be five white socks and only one black sock. There is no chance of drawing a black pair. Poor Joe. Love the love the math ones, don't you? We've got a, I've got a I've got a good math one later on. It's a tough one. I really I really do think though that Joe should figure out why he's in a pitch black room. Yeah, just well, turn a light that, on yes, him. and why he only has one black sock. That's that's not so hard to believe. However, well, that's not so hard to believe. The laundry ate the other black sock. That's pretty common. So it's the pitch black room that's concerning me. Yeah. Uh, hey, it's time for a, a a gear minute. We haven't we haven't done a little a little. A little gear review. This isn't a review. This is a gear minute. Yeah, obviously, we've actually never done a gear minute yeah, either because that's that's clearly a new thing you came up with when you were putting this together. Because I was like, do, do you want minute. do you want some music for it? Yes. Ooh, it's time for a gear minute. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's smooth. <laughs> what do you have on your gear minute? Uh, this is a really cool thing. I really want. This is just coming out. Um, from Camco. Camco makes all kinds of little camping gadget type things. You see them all over the, the camping aisles at, uh, at Walmart and at Camping World and, and places like that. And this product, I really wanted to talk about it because it solves a couple issues that lots of people have when, uh, when they're camping. And one of those being the, that the mattresses in RVs are are very very stiff, right? They're they're you don't they're, say. they're pretty terrible. <laughs> we we have replaced ours, yes. um, <laughs> and we're getting ready to replace the kids. And um, so I've got this video uh, playing here, but I'll also uh, link to this video in the show notes. But basically, this what these are is a little um, they're a spring that you can put under your mattress and you put up, you buy a hundred pack of them, a little, it's a plastic spring and you screw a bunch of them down to the platform of your bed. And what they do is they provide a, a, a little bit of a, a spring tension into your bed to make it more comfortable. But the other big benefit of them is that they provide airflow under your mattress. And that is a huge problem that a lot of people have getting condensation underneath their mattresses, which can cause mold and mildew. And nobody wants that. So everybody has all kinds of different gadgets. They, they stick under little, little, you know, slips of wood or, or I've even seen people uh, use garden lattice to slide under their mattress. So you could put these under your mattress and they're real cheap. They're little plastic things. You can get them on Amazon, although they're sold out right now. Um, but I'm sure they'll be back soon, and we'll put the Amazon link in the show notes. Uh, each one takes one screw to put down. There's a there's a very detailed video that shows you how to do it, and uh, you can uh, have a springier mattress. Maybe that's what we do airflow. for the kids, it, as it opposed to buying new mattresses. Might be. It might be. Jack is just really miserable with the RV twin bunk mattress for, and yeah. he has. A He's good too cause big to be. for He's it now. Yeah. So we either need to replace it, or perhaps this is a great we solution here. Yeah. Give it a try. See how it goes for him. Yeah, we we replaced our mattress mm-hmm. with with a, a mattress from Wilderness RV Mattresses. And it is sort of a, a hybrid mattress, which means it's half memory foam and half springs. So it still was able to be shipped in the mail. But it it, it is super, super, super comfortable. We love it. Yeah, but now I'm wondering if we need to do something underneath there, it to give some... There's that. And then yeah. there's also the fact that it is really heavy. We our, our The mattress yeah. we put in, I mean, we did sacrifice some of our cargo carrying capacity for this very, very heavy yes, mattress. We did. So we did. So we've got a kind of reimagine our how our bed works but this is really cool and i'm excited to try these out so hopefully they pop back up on amazon soon so that was our gear minute <laughs> you are so pleased oh, with yourself so that great. was cute it's so great that was cute. uh all right <laughs> in this segment <laughs> we wanted we, we get lots of questions about our blackstone in particular because we always have our blackstone grill outside and uh and we get questions from people on uh on social media when abby shares recipes about instant pots and and all the different sort of 
uh, cooking appliances that people use. And I think everybody feels like they're expected to use right now when it comes to, to camping and RVing. And, and we've used, uh, we've used all of these for the most part that we're going to talk about here. And we're, we wanted to talk about what we actually use, what we kept with us because we got rid of some stuff when we moved to the trailer, we downsized a little bit and there was stuff that we just didn't need and just didn't use. Well, and um, right now, a lot of us might be doing a whole lot more cooking from the RV or cooking mm-hmm. from home than we ever have before. Not all of us have the option to, you know, support our local restaurants like we do. There's really nothing here in the camp Verde, 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 Verde area. And so we have been cooking at home more than we ever have. And so things like our Instant Pot and our Blackstone are really gotten a good workout. We're and, really starting to learn about them and how to use them. And each each year there seems to be a new gadget that mm-hmm. you, you're supposed to get, right? There's the the Blackstone. Last year I think was Air Fryers and now there's the Ninja Foodie. Um, and, and, the Ninja Foodie? Yes. I don't know about that one. Um, there, are, there are lots of these things and, and they work really well for lots of different people. So we're not saying that you shouldn't get one or you, you shouldn't get the other, but we're going to tell you what's worked for us yeah. and, and what hasn't and, and why. Um, so let's start with the Instant Pot and um, and what we like about the Instant Pot and what it does for us. Well, what I like about it is the ability to do multiple things mm-hmm. inside this one container. It eliminates the number of dishes I use. And also, you know what? I'm not a big fan of our stove. I, it ends up, you know, because our space, our counter space is very, very limited. We often, when the stove is closed up, end up using that space as storage. And so it's kind of a pita to have to pull everything off and then get to the stove. And then it's propane and whatever. It's, it's a long story. But I have really enjoyed the fact that the Instant Pot can kind of take some of that away. We've done a lot of pasta cooking in the Instant Pot. I think I have finally got it figured out. And that's something that I didn't ever think was even possible. It's, no, it's and pasta you, cooking in the InSpot. And actually, it works pretty well. Yeah, and you've been poo-pooing it for a while. And now, you know, I'm glad to hear you say yeah. for everyone to hear that my constant well, not giving up on it. It has, was a lot of work yes. to avoid boiling water. Um, yeah. Because what what you can, you can do various things in the Instant Pot. But basically what it is, is a pressure cooker combination uh, with a, uh, I guess you can sort of use it to simmer things like a you skillet. Can, you can saute, saute in it. You can do a little slow cooking. Now, here's some things I haven't tried in it yet. And this is just because we don't really eat this way. I haven't done anything like a whole chicken. I haven't yeah. done, you know, I haven't done things of that nature. We don't really make whole chickens, but, or big slabs of any type of meat really ever. So I haven't used it like that. I am gearing up to use it for yogurt. I'm really excited to try that out. Lots of people use it in different ways. Our, yeah, I think our favorite thing is though the, that saute function because yes. you can, if you're making a soup or a stew or chili or lots of different dishes that call for you to saute something first before adding liquid and stuff like that. If you're making chili, you can saute the vegetables and then continue to build the chili on top of it. Yeah. Unlike on a stove where you might be sauteing stuff in a separate pan and stuff, well, it's all one pot. What's cool too is that, um, because for us, like when we use our stove, we're using propane. So it's sort of helping us not use as much propane also, either because we can just plug right in and use it. Right. But I like the fact that I can do everything in there. I can do multiple things in there. And then it really does cut down on the amount of cleaning I have. But also I think it's really important when you live in a small space to try and have as many like things that can be used in multiple ways and so that's what the Instant Pot does for us. We don't carry nearly as many uh, cooking dishes as we probably Pots and would. Pans, yeah. yeah. Well, I I did recognize the other day that I don't have a casserole dish. Yeah. I had forgot, like, I just didn't bring one. And so, you know, I made last night, I made what we call at our house and what I grew up calling uh, pizza pasta, so, <laughs> which is pasta. <laughs> which is essentially pasta. Well, With no, red what, sauce and no, no, cheese no, 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 on no. it. So, I mean, you can take any pasta you have on hand. Now, I we like a rigatoni or a panini and then, or a penne, not panini, a penne. And 
you cook that up, and I cooked that pasta up in the Instant Pot, and then I poured a sauce into it. You can use a pizza sauce or just use a spaghetti sauce you have on hand. You mix that all up. I added a little oregano, beef it up a little bit, tossed it into a casserole dish that I had borrowed from the neighbor, sprinkled a bunch of mozzarella cheese on top and popped it into the oven, and then you let that mozzarella cheese get really, really gooey and like browned up a little bit. Now, we opted not to put any meat in ours because we have some meat eaters in our family, but you could absolutely do Italian sausage. You could do um, pepperoni. You could do both. You could put a bunch of veggies. You could make it into a supreme if you wanted. You can do whatever you want with it. Most of us call that baked penne, but, but no, but. there's a difference. Like you're talking about, like um, you're talking about, like ziti or something. Like that's not what this is. This is a totally different thing. So it's very good, and the fact that it's called pizza pasta makes the kids want it. So yes, I'm good does. with that. It does. Um, now, one of the questions we get a lot about an instant pot. Now, actually, we didn't use the pressure cooker function for the longest time, right? We used it basically as a crock pot. For, yeah, because I was time. nervous about trying to figure out the pasta thing. And it's just, you got to learn. It's just, it takes a minute. But yeah. one of the questions we get often about it is cleaning it because it looks like it'd be a pain in the, you Man. know what, to clean. But the the inside is just a pot that comes out in a sleeve and you clean it like a, a it's pot. Like it's a crock pot. It's super simple. Well, it's not like a crock pot because a crock pot is usually a big ceramic heavy thing that you got to pull out to clean. Well, I mean, and but it's, it's two pieces. That's I, I know, I mean. but I'm saying it's a lot easier to clean than a crock oh, pot. Oh, sure. But it's just you know? two pieces and you lift yeah. one piece out and you wash it and then you put it back in. Yeah. Bada bing, bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about the Blackstone. Yeah. Let's talk about um, the Blackstone. The Blackstone Griddle, and we get lots of people always come up to us at the campsite. Um, one, of our, one of our new friends did this the other day and, and was like, is that, re- I mean, is it really as useful as people say it is, is or is it just a gimmick? Is it something no, that everybody's awesome. just got to have? And anything that we would cook in a skillet, anything that we would cook in a skillet, we cook on the Blackstone every we, time. I would say every because time. of our Blackstone, we probably do... 50 to 60% of our cooking out here on the Blackstone, weather permitting. Although even in the rain and stuff, we just put the awning out and you can still come out here and, and cook. And so what's great about it is that oftentimes I prep inside and then pass the stuff along to Jason. He cooks out here and then we're kind of sharing that and then he'll pass it back to me when he's done and then I'll continue whatever prep is needed for that meal. But we have done, I mean, we do an entire taco spread out here. So we'll do and, the meat and all the veggies yeah. and ev- the quesadillas for the kids. Like everything gets done out here on that Blackstone. And it just it doesn't feel so just overwhelming and just like a mess in there. Yeah. I love the way we can split stuff up between what I do inside and what you do out here. It's great. And, and both the Blackstone and the Instant Pot allow us to keep down both the heat inside mm-hmm. and the smell and the, the fumes and the smoke and the oil getting into the air and sticking yes. to cabinets and all that sort Bacon, of stuff. I can't stand bacon being cooked inside of a house, even a big house. Now, I love bacon and I want to eat bacon on everything, but I cannot stand how smelly a house gets. Not to mention, it seems like no matter what you do, you always set off the fire alarm. Yeah, and and, I mean you. And even more inside an RV. Yeah. And the, the Blackstone makes, like the grease collection is super simple. The cleanup is really really easy that's probably the best part is that you're not really washing a pan you really just scrape it clean and then wipe it clean and you kind of burn off you know it's like a grill and uh i i I just can't speak highly enough about it now we have the 17 inch model which fits perfectly in our pass through it's a good size for us to travel with it is not the greatest size for cooking with it would be a little bit easier For us to have the 22-inch. Now, the reason being, obviously, it's bigger, but the 22-inch has two burners instead of one, so you could cook two different halves of the griddle on on two different temperatures, and that would be that would be really helpful. Uh, but we like it as is, and, and, it, and it works uh, really well. We don't have the stand. The 22-inch you can get with a stand and a little side table, but we can just set ours on a picnic table, or we have a little outdoor table that we can we can put it on as well. And uh, and and we use it. I mean, we we don't pull if we're staying one or two nights somewhere, we might not pull it out. 
But anytime we're staying longer than that, we we usually will. You know, we keep it really accessible in the pass through because we know it's one of those things that we're going to want to access quickly. And so, you know, tonight uh, we'll probably end up using it in some capacity. I mean, it's great. The pancakes get made. The eggs get made. Everything as much as we can gets made on the Blackstone. And I don't miss having a grill at all. Now, that's the the trade-off. I don't miss it. And I don't miss we it. have we have we had the Blackstone and a propane we did. grill. Our propane grill was the uh, the road trip LXC from Coleman. Um, I, I wasn't the it. biggest fan of that grill um, for lots of reasons. One being it was very heavy and the lid was very shallow, so you couldn't put something tall inside of it. It it, it was you ha- the heat was not even. You had to hop things around, but the common denominator between all propane grills is that they are a, a little bit of a pain to clean. All travel propane grills. Yeah, and very heavy. Yeah. And uh, well, much. a lot of them are light, but this one had cast iron. That one was uh, had a cast iron um, surface. Yes. And you could get a lighter one. And I, I think from the people that we've talked to, the, the, the Weber um, little portable one that sits on your picnic table mm-hmm. is, is probably the best option. But honestly, the only thing that we're missing out that we can't cook is like grilled meat, like a steak on a grill. But, but that stuff still- is very good on the Blackstone. It's yeah, different it- on the Blackstone. I, I mean, I'm not going to lie and say it's the exact same thing on the Blackstone. Um, but it's just a different cooking method and it tastes different and it has, you know, it has positives and negatives. It's enough of a trade off. If someone was to say to me, you could only have a grill. Or your Blackstone. 100% the Blackstone. 100% yeah. the Blackstone because of its versatility. The same with the Instant Pot. If someone came to me and said you could only have an Instant Pot or you can have a Crock Pot, I'd be like, goodbye Crock Pot. Same with the toaster oven, and we're going to get to that in a second. I would I, um, I would almost travel with a small, a small charcoal grill at this point instead of a propane grill because I feel like the, you, you think about it you think oh that cleanup's going to be terrible but the cleanup is just as bad with the propane yeah. ones but I think you know, of all the things that we're talking about and we just have a couple more here to talk about I think really what it comes down to at the end of the day is what kind of cook are you what kind of food do you and your partner and you and the people you travel yeah. with, what do y'all like to eat? Because that really influences then what you buy. You know, the kind of food that we cook in our family is perfect for an Instant Pot and a Blackstone. And then over time, we've adapted things that maybe we missed by having the grill or having the toaster oven. And we've adapted those things to still be able to have them. Yeah. So I, I just really think that's what it comes down to. Now, last year's big thing, or maybe even like the last year and a half, yeah. was the air fryer. And uh, we have one small experience with an air fryer, and it did not go well. But it was a big enough impression that we <laughs> knew we weren't going to get But one. we know lots of people like them and enjoy them and are happy to have them. And if you like them and enjoy them, that's great. Do you need an air fryer for camping? Absolutely not. I've never had no. any sort of fryer ever, <laughs> and I don't feel the need to 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 fry my food. Now I know the there are health benefits that you only use a couple tablespoons of oil and all that sort of stuff. But I did want to point out, and part of why this is on this list is that now you can get instant pots that have an air fryer yes. lid, so you yes. can add that additional functionality into the instant pot, which is a, a great idea. Thing. When I eat fried food, I want to eat fried would- food. <laughs> Okay, I want to eat it. And so I like to not have that option at home. And I like to save that for when I go out to eat. Because then I'm like, well, it's a special occasion. I'm going to go ahead and get this uh, Cracker Barrel fried chicken. And it's going to be good. And so (laughs) that is how I look at fried food. And that's why something like an air fryer just sort of defeats the purpose for me. If I'm going to fry food, I'm going to fry food. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, the last item on our list is a toaster oven, and um, and there are all sorts of options in toaster ovens. Oh, my gosh. But our, yes. our primary oven in our bus conversion before we moved into our trailer was a large toaster oven that was big enough to put two 12-inch pizzas in. That was very important. Uh, that was yes. very important that to us. Was... However, it took forever to cook those <laughs> two well, pizzas, still... and it made you couldn't really do two at a time no, because, could. one, it wouldn't get... It wouldn't get crisp on the bottom. Well, here, it also takes forever in the oven we have now it to does. do pizza. So really, at this point, we only have pizza 
and we don't make it here. Yeah. Now, so we don't with and I'm just going to cut you off for a second because I know we're going to get wonderful comments on this and we appreciate people sharing this. But we do have uh, a pizza stone. Yeah, we do have one in the oven. And, you know, that was one of the things that we had been shared with to help negate with the temperature and everything. And it has made a big difference. It's made a big difference. Not with pizza. Yeah. Not with pizza. um, It's a challenge. Um, If you don't know that the RV ovens are short top to bottom. So a lot of people suggest you put a pizza stone right over the top of the burners to help keep stuff from burning on the bottom. And it and it does work now. I will say, I feel like, and you might be able to speak better to this, but I feel like if we had the room for a toaster oven, I would like one, but we don't have anywhere near close to the, even if we had double the kitchen space we have now, we wouldn't have the room for them only because it, it is much easier to bake things in the toaster oven than in our oven because the heat's yeah. just more even. It just is. And for a family our size, if we want to have toast with breakfast and when we want to put six pieces of oh, bread in no uh-uh. i do not miss a toaster oven for making toast oh i hate our toaster oh, our toaster is the worst are, we are on very different planes our toaster it's the worst. <laughs> sends our smoke detector off every single time our toaster is the worst because it's a nine dollar <laughs> well that's toaster, that's true okay? that's true like let's let's call fair it fair enough right but i don't miss like trying to, if you've ever tried to make a pop tart in a toaster oven, okay, that's true. It so takes forever. It's like the worst. Yeah, a toaster oven really isn't a total substitute for a right. toaster. It's not a total substitute for an oven. But if you hate your RV oven, it might be worth turning your RV oven into storage <laughs> yeah. and putting a toaster oven on top of it. This is true. <laughs> and in a time of stay at home. You better believe there's Pop-Tarts in this house. It, it, I know that I dropped the Pop-Tart a second ago and made, made people clutch their pearls. <laughs> but in a time of stay at home, we got some Pop-Tarts. I got to tell you, I got to tell you guys a quick story. So the first time Abby bought you Pop-Tarts. You told this story on Yeah, but this it's been a long time. Before. She went out and got the Pop-Tarts. They were, first of all, they were organic, which is fine. Delicious. That's totally cool. They had no frosting on them. Delicious. Pop-Tarts without frosting are, are worthless. What is that? That's uh, people with decent palates. (laughs) Not wanting the essence of the Pop-Tart to be overshadowed by the icing or the frosting. But now now I've been outnumbered and now I go and buy the Kellogg's Pop-Tarts. And I buy the organic ones for myself and I tuck them back in the cabinet where no one knows where they are. And then I make them for myself when I want them. And you guys get to eat the crappy ones with the dyes and the high fructose corn syrup and y'all are happy about it. Now, I I do want to add one more thing um, about uh, some of these devices. The toaster oven and the Instant Pot particularly, one thing that they really help with is, you know, if you're at campgrounds where you're paying for the electricity, it's on your electric and you're not using propane. And that's a... You, if you're running your oven for, you know, an hour, having that toaster oven that's running on electricity, you know, you're, you're saving that. Now, if you're paying for electricity, that's a whole different story. I think, And you can also get an electric griddle if you want to, if you're always on electricity. But we don't want a griddle inside. No, I don't. <laughs> no, I don't. I want as little gadgets inside as, as humanly possible. Yeah. So we're very happy with our setup now. It's taken us almost... Three and a half years. Believe it or not, the Eppersons have been on the road for three and a half years. Um, actually, in February, it was three and a half years. Yeah. So it's taken us three and a half years to figure out what works really well for us. And what works well for us is a Blackstone and an Instant Pot. All right. That's our segment on cooking gadgets. If you have any cooking gadgets you want to recommend or if you think we're just absolutely crazy... <laughs> Um, for which not liking highly, one of them. Which is highly <laughs> possible. I mean, you know. Let us know. Uh, you can comment on on uh, on the video on YouTube. Yeah. That's probably the best place to do that now, now that we are putting yeah. these up on YouTube. Absolutely. So find us there. We're going to take a break. And uh, when we come back, we've got the new brain teaser and we've got our fresh tank, black tank segment. RV Miles is sponsored by the Highway Weather app. When it comes to RV travel, weather safety is a top priority, which is why the Highway Weather app provides weather forecasts for road trips along every point in your route, adjusted to your time of travel. 
you can compare forecasts, get recommendations for the best time to head out, get severe weather alerts, add rest stops to long trips, and more. Did we mention all of that is included free in the app? For subscribers, there's a hands-free background feature to automatically alert you to upcoming bad weather. To download the app, visit highwayweather.io today or look for it in your iOS and Android app store. Do you want some music for this segment? No. (laughs) It's time for our Fresh Tank Black Tank segment where we talk about all the good and the bad happening in the world of RV, camping, national parks, or just, you know, whatever we, uh, whatever we care about at this moment. (laughs) So Abby, why don't you, uh, kick it off here with your black tank. So I don't want to call this a black tank. I don't really want to call it a gray tank. I just want to call it an observation. I'm taking some Mm -hmm. liberties this week. And Mm -hmm. so this morning I had to go to the grocery store and this is coming after there's been new recommendations that we wear masks when we go out. You know, uh, Walmart has announced that uh, they are now limiting the amount of people that can be in their stores. Uh, They only want 20% capacity. It's a one in one out sort of situation. You're going to queue up. Uh, I've heard that places like Hy-Vee, for anyone who knows Hy-Vee's, they actually have their cashiers now behind a plexiglass mm-hmm. when you come in and you pay for your groceries and all that stuff. And, and they so, have you going one way through the aisles, right? They are. It's just like just a one-way road now. And so what I was thinking about is I'm hearing all these things that grocery stores are kind of doing now to help keep their workers safe. Another thing I was thinking that would be a really great sort of thing we could all pick up and do together is to eliminate group shopping. If you're accustomed to shopping with your partner or you're accustomed to going with your kids and going shopping, maybe now is not the time to do that. And I only say this because today when I was shopping, there were several people that were shopping together and it makes it really, really difficult to share an aisle with a group of people. So we're already, you know, one person, one cart. So if we're doing one in, one out, and we're doing things to keep our workers safe there in the grocery stores because they are essential to making sure we all get fed, then maybe what we can do is kind of help us all out. And a lot of stores are saying this. So now uh, Hy-Vee that I just spoke about, well, they're also saying one person, one cart. Now I've heard some people say, oh, okay, well, uh, me and my partner are going to go, they'll get one cart, I'll get another. And then we're going to split. Or my suggestion is maybe you just go by yourself. I mean, limit as much exposure as possible. Send one person to the grocery store. There's no reason two people need to go. And this is not me complaining about like if you went to the grocery store today with your partner or you went with your kid. I'm not complaining about that. It was just something I thought about today when I was trying to go around and keep my distance and respect everyone else's and just do what's being asked of us. And it's so much harder when there's more of us in there than needs to be in there. So if you need to go to the grocery store, maybe look at it as some time to go and have some quiet time to yourself. I know it's still stressful because you're grocery shopping and it's stressful during this time to shop, but maybe try to look at it that way. It's just quiet time for you or the person that's going and just one person, one cart and not one person, one cart in your family, just one person, one cart in your family. (laughs) So that's just my observation. Uh, My fresh tank, I'll just go ahead and go for it right on in, is I'm giving my fresh tank this week to Winnebago because they are extending their warranties that would have expired in April or May and they're extending them for 60 days. And this is just another fantastic example of what the RV industry has been doing to sort of not only help its customers, but help its community get through mm-hmm. all of and this. all these dealerships and all that like uh, it's fantastic and I, I would imagine that more rv manufacturers will be doing that and of course yeah uh winnebago is not just winnebago winnebago is grand design and newmar now uh, right as well. so if you find that you have a warranty that is going to be expiring in april or may just know that they're extending that for you for two more months 60 days mm-hmm. All right, Jay, what is your black tank this week? You've got it all in caps, so I could see it a mile it's, away. It's only because I I, uh, I copied and pasted it. But, oh, okay. Uh, this is a story that was in Newsweek about an HOA, Homeowners Association, that has threatened a nurse with $1,000 in fines for parking her quarantine 
RV in the driveway. Mm. Um, you know, a lot of HOAs have rules about parking in driveways, but this is a nurse. And what she decided to do was get their RV out of storage, put it in the driveway so that she could go stay in her RV so that her family would not be exposed to her when she comes home from work from being a nurse. And uh, we're seeing lots of situations like this where nurses and healthcare workers are trying to find ways to not expose their family if they do get it when they when they come home. So uh, so this is a, a, that sort of HOA type overreach. We're also seeing that from like local governments in, in certain areas, not letting where they're, you're not allowed to park your RV on a street or allowed to park it in your driveway. Some, some places it has to be hidden behind your house, those sorts of rules out there. And uh, in a lot of areas, they're not being, um, they're not being lax about them. They're not Exactly what we were talking about earlier is that people need to be thinking about these things in more flexible ways. They need to be more nuanced about rules and allowing for the fact that times are very different right now. And we need to be careful about making things more challenging for those people who are literally on the front lines of a war. Well, her husband, again, I'm continuing to read the story. Her husband works for the Department of Defense. Yeah. So now you've got two people that can potentially have exposure at some point during all of this. And so this is a family trying to be proactive. Now, I imagine because this has landed itself in Newsweek that that HOA walked that back real fast. Yeah, I I read a different story uh, in in Canada about a couple who had just came home from being in the South for the winter. And, but they live with, with one of their children and, and their family, right? And they, you're required to do a 14-day quarantine when you get back into Canada. And they didn't want to do the quarantine in the house right. with, with that Naturally. family. But they, re- they didn't have anywhere to park their RV because every RV park was closed. And, and that town would also not let them park it in a driveway. Oh, that's frustrating. Yeah. So there there are We've lots of challenges flexible. like that. And and those are the types of rules that we need to not care about yes. so much at this point. All right. My fresh tank this week is uh, um, from Camping World. Uh, <gasps> Camping World and Gander Mountain Stores. I put an article up on the RV Miles website uh, where you can read about what Camping World is doing and, and um, during this time, how they're operating their uh their operations and a a lot of people would say that you know store like camping world why do they need to be open well dealerships in general provide all sorts of i mean the number of people that live in their rvs and they need access to parts if there's an emergency well why does an auto repair shop need to be open if you're going to ask why if why camping world needs to be open then why does your mechanic need to be they supply propane to the community and to rvers lots of lots of different reasons and Camping World is taking this very, very seriously. They have cut their hours down nationwide in order to give their employees time to go home, but also time to sanitize the stores. They're making the first hour of the day available, as a lot of grocery stores are doing, for people who are senior citizens or in high-risk populations so that they can you know, not have to be the last one to get toilet paper and that sort of stuff and RV toilet paper. Camping worlds are one of the last places to, to get that right now. And they are providing curbside pickup. So you can order online from Camping World or Gander stores and they will have your stuff waiting for you outside. Contactless curbside pickup so you don't have to worry about anybody touching anything, anything like that. Inside the store, they're making all sorts of markings so people know a six foot distance from the cashiers or the next person in line and, and, and so on. And they're providing their employees with masks and gloves and and that sort of stuff. So kudos to Camping World for um, really taking this seriously. A lot of the big companies out there are really taking this seriously, and I hope everybody else is. We've been talking about all the different RV manufacturers who've been donating RVs or selling them below cost uh, to FEMA and to uh, to hospitals to to be able to provide outdoor clinics where they can see somebody who's uh, potentially has the disease without going into the hospital, all sorts of stuff like that. And uh, and companies are really stepping up around the country, and it's a fantastic thing. Yes, it is. That's our Fresh Tank, Black Tank segment for the week. Let's wrap this show up with a new brain teaser. 
How about we? Did you just How try about? to play the music again? No, I didn't. Okay. I was just feeling because okay, the roadcaster's <laughs> now in the sun, so I was just feeling how hot it was getting. <laughs> our, our soundboard is is black and it is yes. sitting in the sun, along with our phones, which we use to operate all this and yeah, stuff. Yeah, everything's starting to get yeah, really warm, it's so it's, little, time it's to, getting a little toasty. Time and to wrap it up. It's a little too windy for the awning, although yes. the wind is is gone down a bit. All right, yep. this week's brain teaser. This one is a it's this is a math one. It's a little a little detailed. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. Two friends, Joe and Schmo, <laughs> All right. to make it easy, uh, were born in May, one in 1932, the other a year later. Each had an antique grandfather clock, of which he was extremely proud. Both of the clocks worked fairly well considering their age, but one clock gained 10 seconds per hour, while the other one lost 10 seconds per hour. On a day in January, the two friends set both clocks correctly at 12 noon. Do you realize, asked Joe, that the next time both of our clocks will show exactly the same time will be on your 47th birthday? Schmo agreed. Who is older, Joe or Schmo? Interesting. We'll have the answer to that and a whole lot more on next week's episode of the RV Miles <laughs> podcast. Thanks for joining us this week, everybody. Absolutely. And if you are enjoying the show, we're going to continue to ask that you pop over to Apple Podcast and please leave a five-star review. You guys have been doing an amazing job over there. Thank you so much. We are getting in front of so many more new people and it is awesome. If you want to connect with RV Miles, we are all across social media, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Please come over there and follow us. We would love to chat with you. The RV Miles Facebook group is one of the raddest Facebook groups out there. So come on over, hang out with us. If you have questions for Jason and I, we are over at editor at RVMiles.com. And until next week, keep logging those RV Miles. Bye, everybody. 